0: A year to date, we've done 5.9 million trades with a volume of almost 30 billion. Don't view listing as an end game. Just view it as the next chapter in the development of your company's life cycle. Ready to raise capital? It's time to get your dose of investment insights with the Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by New Zealand Trade and Enterprise.
1: Kia ora. I'm Dylan Lawrence, General Manager of the Investment Team at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Today on the Investment Fix podcast, we're talking about the New Zealand Stock Exchange, the NZX, and we're looking at listing as another option for companies looking to raise capital. With us to talk about that are Sarah Minhinnock, Head of Issuer Relationships for NZX, and Ross Christie, Partner at Cameron Partners. Sarah joined the exchange in February 2020 and has over 15 years of capital markets experience working in New Zealand and New York. Ross has over 20 years investment banking experience in New Zealand and internationally. He leads many of Cameron Partners' capital raising and IPO assignments. These include the IPO of Zero on the NZX and the IPO of Circle. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Sarah, both for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Dylan. <laughs>
2: thank you. Look forward to the discussion.
1: Hey, can we start with a good opening question? What is an IPO and why should companies consider this choice when raising capital?
2: So an IPO stands for initial public offering and it is when a company decides to list its shares on the stock exchange. Now it will do that for two reasons, to either issue new shares and raise growth capital or because some of the existing shareholders want to sell down and they're selling those shares or issuing new shares to new investors to list a company needs to have 20% of its shares in free float hands post listing, and there needs to be at least 100 shareholders. It effectively opens your share register up to a range of new investors to enable a company to raise that capital for growth aspirations or to broaden out its shareholder base.
1: Fantastic. Sarah, can you give us an overview of the NZX and the basics of why it exists and how it operates?
2: The
0: NZX exists to be the marketplace for New Zealand. So it is literally the place where shares are exchanged and traded, which is why it's often commonly referred to as the exchange. Essentially, it operates to give a mechanism for people to do that, to help New Zealand companies grow and thrive, to generate wealth for New Zealanders by giving them things to invest in. We have over 300 listed issuer relationships on the exchange. We've got total capital on the exchange of around 220 billion, it goes up and down, obviously, it's been very volatile in recent months. And year to date, we've done 5.9 million trades with a volume of almost 30 billion. If you list a company on the exchange, you get allocated a ticker code, three letters, that somehow relates to your company, so people know what it is. Your company is listed on what's called the main board. So issuers are listed up there and investors can go and have a look and see. okay, I wanna buy shares in this company. And that's available to all kinds of investors, from the institutional investors to the retail sector.
1: And if I'm a company listed on the NZX, where's the money that's being invested into my business coming from?
2: The money raised for an IPO comes from two sources really, institutions, which are organised fund managers managing pools of capital for superannuation funds or retail investors, and then from the retail investors themselves. And you access the retail investor through either stockbrokers or new innovative offerings like Sharesies, which offer an ability to tap into their 175,000 investor base, which is a new dynamic in the market.
0: Sharesies has really been a game changer. And through the COVID period, we really saw the rise in their participation. It was quite marked on the exchange. And it's really interesting that Sharesies seems to be investing a lot in what we refer to as our micro caps. So the companies that have a valuation of 50 million or less and they're really participating well in those companies which is great for New Zealand because we do have a lot of companies around that size so we see you know the rise of shares is a really positive development for our market
1: yeah yeah fantastic what stage of businesses is listing best suited to Sarah
0: This is a really personal question for companies It completely depends on what stage of the company lifecycle that you are at. But in general, I would say that the companies that we talk to most often, the number one thing that we focus on is growth. So if they've got a really good growth story and they can demonstrate to the investor base that they've got a competitive advantage where the company is going to progress to, what the market that they're operating in is like and how they're positioned That is the most important part of the story. And then I would say after that, you do need to have various parts of the infrastructure working well to support you. And by that, I mean, you know, having a good governance structure. So having the right company directors, investing in the things that are, to be honest, they're a little bit non-sexy, but important. So good accounting systems some kind of good staffing so that you could deal with investor queries, you know, the function that we call investor relations, and also having some good legal advice. Those are the things that are really important. And if you have all of those things lined up or you're getting towards that, then it's a really good time to start thinking about listing.
1: Often companies have a perception when they're looking at capital raising options that a listing on stock exchange is very complicated And intense, and write it off before exploring that option fully. What would you say to those people?
0: There has been a real focus on making things simpler. So the listing rules were reviewed in 2018 and they were reduced down from 450 pages to around 90 pages. We just really wanted to make things simpler and easier for people that were thinking about listing on the exchange and the existing listed issuers while retaining the market integrity and also strong investor protection. So it's in a much better spot now. And the other piece of advice that I would give companies if they are a little bit intimidated by the process or what it might involve is come and talk to us. You know, we can give you some really good advice. We've got very deep networks and we can connect you into all of these great advisors that are working around New Zealand, including Ross and his team at Cameron. And if you're really worried about it, Think about acting as a public company. Before you're listed, you could think about how would I answer these questions if I was under public scrutiny? How would I deal with my financials? And essentially take it for a trial run before you're listed on the exchange and that could help you assess how you feel about it.
2: Look, an IPO is a more detailed process, but people shouldn't be scared or put off by it. And the way to think about it is that once you become a listed company, the next rounds of capital can come quite quickly quite efficiently and cost effectively so yes the IPO process can take a bit more time there's more detail in it you're obviously bringing on board public company investors with all those dynamics but if you do it properly hire good advisors interface early with those people in the NZX they can help you lead you through that process to make it efficient and yes it will cost some money and it will take time but I think the strong benefit is that it opens up a huge range of opportunities once you're listed And then those extra capital rounds can come quite easily, cost effectively and efficiently.
1: What does it mean to list on the NZX in terms of the process? What does that Mm -hmm. entail?
0: In terms of the process, there are three ways you can list on the NZX. You can do the IPO. You can do what's called a direct listing, which is less of an all-singing, all-dancing type listing process. It's where you work with an advisor and your legal team. And you go through a process by preparing what's called a profile, which is an information document about the company. And you list on the exchange going through the process with our regulation team. That can take anything from seven weeks at a gallop to three months at a relaxed timetable. And the thing that's different about a direct listing to an IPO is when you do a direct listing, you don't raise capital at the moment that you list So typically, it's for companies that want the benefits of listing, but they don't need extra money at that time. And then once you've been listed on the exchange for a few months, usually there's a three-month stand-down period, then you can raise capital under the same class exemption under the Financial Markets Conduct Act. The third way to list on the exchange is a thing called a reverse listing, which is when you do a reverse takeover of a company that's already listed on the exchange, but just isn't really functional it might be a company that's stopped operating but the shell of the company is still there and so you reverse into that company and then away you go similar to the direct listing you usually wait for a few months before raising some capital
1: and ross you've been involved in in particular two quite high profile early stage tech businesses listing on the nzx why did they choose the nzx as opposed to other capital raising options like venture capital or private equity
2: the NZX is open for growth companies and more mature companies. And companies like Xero and Serco chose to go early to the stock market because they had a big, bold growth plan and an international plan. And it made sense for them to raise decent amounts of capital early on to invest into that growth and then have the ability to do follow-on rounds as and when they needed to continue to accelerate that growth. New Zealand has some venture capital pools, but not deep pools. And therefore, by going early with the confidence they had the right team and the ingredients in place to raise the capital to fuel that growth, the opportunity was there. And also, they got very good valuations at the time, which they perhaps wouldn't have got in the private market. So in summary, it's the availability of capital, good valuations, and it sets you up for the future, which has Mm. proven to be a case for both of them.
0: One thing we really focus on is the access to multiple rounds of capital. With PE, you might come to the PE firms and raise capital one time, but once you're listed on the public market, you can come and raise capital as many times as you want. A2 Milk is a really good example of that. They've done targeted capital raises to become very big. Other things that we think are really positive are increased profile. When you are a listed company on the exchange, you do get a lot of public attention, which can be really helpful for growing your business. And also the liquidity story. Many companies in New Zealand are owned by a number of shareholders who might be getting older or, or for whatever reason want to realize some value out of their business. And so listing on the exchange establishes a currency effectively where you can sell down and cash out and use that money for other things. And then I suppose some people just really want to retain control of their company and they don't want to sell down pieces to other people. And so that's also a positive sometimes too.
1: So if I'm a company out there listening and I think, hey, a listing on the NZX will suit my appetite, what are the fundamental requirements that I need to have to be able to list?
2: So if a company came in to see us, Dylan, and wanted to talk about listing, we'd be looking to see what the track record of the business was, what are its growth plans and aspirations going forward and do they make sense, but also an assessment of the management team. Making sure they were strong and credible people, and really with the management team up for being a listed company. The board of directors is key, and you'd assess whether they've got the right directors or they need to add some more directors to the board. To be a listed company, you need two independent directors, typically an independent chairperson, and then someone that can head up the audit finance risk committee. And ideally, you'd have some people on the board that have been on a listed company board before. The other key things, we also test valuation up front to make sure the company's being sensible around that, as well as how much money is it looking to raise, what's the use for that money, and does it fit with the overall IPO story, which obviously you need to convince investors with. You've got to be clear around your IPO story, confidence you've got to deliver, and have a good use for the capital, as well as be sensible around valuation and keep the structure clean and simple and easily understood.
1: What is the process to get ready? How long does that take?
2: We break it down into two key phases. One is the preparation phase. Then there's the real execution phase. I'll talk about the execution phase first. That's probably a three to four month process at minimum. And it's where you're going through the formal process. You're producing the documentation that you need. You're running a due diligence committee process to make sure all the disclosures are correct you're bringing together the financials, making sure you've got your audited accounts assembled, the forecasts, if you're putting those into the document, and actually driving through that due diligence committee process to get the documents prepared, and then simultaneously at a point, point, interfacing with the investors to actually make the IPO happen, the documents approved, and your money comes together, and you list on the exchange. So that's, I think, three to four months minimum. Could be a bit longer. And then the preparation phase is actually making sure you can get to the start of that execution phase. And that could take a while, several months, by the time you're making sure you've got your board assembled, your management team in place, you've cleaned up any issues in the business, you've built a financial model, you're getting prepared to get to that start line. So it can take anywhere all up 12 months to 24 months, depending on how efficient you are and how ready you are in that planning phase. How
1: small is too small to be able to list on the NZX?
0: We do require companies to have a market valuation of around $10 million. That is sort of the stalking horse in terms of a target. And then a shareholder spread of 100 shareholders. If it's less, you know, you can come and talk to us and we can work out a plan to get you there. And a free float of 20%. So those are the three main numbers that we really focus on but there's a little bit of flexibility to discuss a plan to get there. So if you're smaller than that, you can come and talk to us before then.
1: Awesome. So what are the top three benefits of listing?
0: The top three benefits of listing, we would say are access to multiple rounds of capital. Having that ability to really target growth and use that capital at really strategic points in the company's lifecycle is a really great one. Liquidity, the shares on the exchange are tradable. We do see good liquidity across the whole range of company valuations. So whether you're a small company or a big company, we do see good trading. And then the third one I would say is visibility. Companies that are listed on the exchange do tend to get a lot of press, and that can be a real positive for just driving recognition of the company and using that to foster growth as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's an important point, actually, the visibility and the transparency once you're listed and the actual media retention that you get. And I think that's really well for companies like Xero when you're building that brand from an early base to be out there constantly and helping to market the business. So that shouldn't be underestimated.
1: And what about the other side? If someone's coming to you to talk about an IPO or a direct listing, what are the risks that you'd be talking them through?
2: I think the big risk is really around over-promising and under-delivering. So you actually wanna have a reasonable degree of confidence you can do what you say you're going to do. People have an expectation around performance and results and then you disappoint the market we're not achieving that the share price sells off and then you do lose credibility for one it can be a long way back to build that confidence again i think that's the key risk along with a bunch of other legal and director's duties risks and all that but from a commercial perspective that's probably the big risk where you disappoint the market
1: sarah why would you consider listing on the nzx as opposed to say the asx
0: we feel really positively about companies starting to list on NZX and growing their business because NZX and and the New Zealand market is a really awesome incubator for companies to grow. And we can point to some really great examples of that. A2 Milk, Pushpay, a lot of other companies that have started quite small on NZX, they've really used this opportunity to grow and then they become bigger and they also list on the ASX and they pick up the dual listing. We have great liquidity for companies that are smaller than a $50 million valuation. It's much better than the liquidity on the ASX for that size. And then if you look at the performance statistics of companies that have listed on the NZX on the whole, they trade up, they perform positively because they are in a more nurturing environment, we would say. For companies that list primarily on the ASX as a first stop, the data shows that they tend not to do so well. And on the whole, they trade negatively. So they end up trading below their IPO or listing valuation. So our view is that the most effective strategy and the most Profitable strategy for your company is to use that NZX experience, really get yourself up and running, cruising at 40,000 feet, and then move to more offshore aspirations.
2: We often get asked that question as well. But if you're a growth company looking to list and your business is based here and maybe you've got some offshore operations, you'll get greater visibility on the NZX versus the ASX. There's only 300 odd companies listed here versus several thousand in Australia, so you can quite easily get lost. Now, companies will often say that there's greater pools of capital in Australia than New Zealand. Well, yes, that is true, but also we've raised several billion from the New Zealand market in the last few months, and there are deep pools of funding here as well. And institutions and retail are open to investing in both growth and more mature companies. Valuations, I think, are just as good on the NZX, by and large. There's plenty of capital here. The good thing is you can actually foreign exempt list on the ASX, so it's not one or the other, and that's quite a simple process to do in the IPO. So you primary list in New Zealand, and if you want to, you can just make a few amendments to your listing document, and at low cost, dual list quite simply on the ASX, which is a development in the rules quite recently. And when we listed Circo and Zero, we thought about ASX listing, but it was quite a difficult process at the time, and obviously both went on to subsequently dual list on the ASX, but the primary listing in New Zealand makes a whole bunch of sense first up.
1: Great. Right. Now I'm after a couple of successful examples of the listing process working really well. And what did companies involved do to make the IPO or listing process successful? And what are the key takeaways for companies when considering NZX listing?
0: So one company is A2 Milk. It's a name that everyone knows because it's been such a success story. So A2 Milk did a direct listing on NZX in 2004 at the time, it had a market capitalization of only 20 million, and now it's the second biggest company on the exchange. The valuation's over 15 billion. So this is an adjusted share price performance of over 10,000% growth. It's been huge. And some of the things they've done really well is that they've done multiple rounds of capital raising. So their first capital raising was only $3 million. And then they did another subsequent $20 million one. And they've really used that capital to really target results, focus on how they're going to grow the business. And they've worked really hard on telling the New Zealand story as well. Another interesting thing about that is that their revenue when they listed was only $400,000, and obviously now they're very, very successful. Another example is Napier Port. So they listed 45% of the company in 2019, and their market cap has increased by about 37%, so they've done really well since their listing a great Feature of that deal was the fact that they made a priority pool for the local ratepayers so that people that were living in the area could participate in the deal and have the benefit of the wealth upside that was generated from that listing.
2: Zero and Serco both at the IPO and then advised them on their first few subsequent capital raising rounds. And they were able to raise money at the time at a really good valuation and a decent amount of money versus what they could have raised privately. They're both early stage growth technology businesses, and they were making losses. So you don't necessarily have to be a profitable company to list on the NZX. Ultimately, you do have to record a profit and show investors a pathway to profit. But at the end of the day, they're backing the ability of the team and the business to grow into that and perform well. They both assembled very strong management teams and really good directors and that story came together to give them access to the capital through the IPO, to hire more staff, to grow the business and really perform. They both went back to the market after listing and raised more money in various rounds to help accelerate that growth. And they've both made acquisitions. Zero's done a few and Circo's done one and used their shares as a currency, as consideration to make those acquisitions. Look, they've really rewarded their employees by being able to participate in the growth of the company and have share options and incentive packages, which is really important. Last year, Circo raised $61 and brought on board Booking.com. So as a listed company, it opens up a range of other opportunities where you become more transparent, more visible, and get on the radar of some investors offshore that you otherwise wouldn't, and get massive certification when something or a party like Booking.com certifies what Circo's doing.
1: I'm going to go to some advice here. What are two pieces of advice you would offer any company that was considering listing on an NZX?
0: The first piece of advice I would give to someone that's considering listing on the NZX is to come and talk to us. I think there's a bit of a myth in the market that the NZX is a bit of an ivory tower and a little bit unapproachable. We're very friendly. We're always very happy to talk to people. We love talking about people's businesses and hearing what they're up to. So do email us or approach us come and have a coffee with us. We're always very happy to discuss things. And we discuss things with companies two, three, five years out from them having a listing. So it doesn't have to be something that's this year or even next year. We just like working with companies on their journey. The second thing I would say is, Don't view listing as an end game. Just view it as the next chapter in the development of your company's life cycle. You will be subject to more compliance and public scrutiny. But as I said before, this can be a real positive in terms of using that publicity to grow your business.
2: Yeah, I I agree, Sarah. The best advice is be open to the process, being listed. It's an investment, but it's not as scary as it needs to be. Come and have a talk to NZX or to the investment banks or Cameron Partners. The IPO process can be time-consuming, but you've got to view it as the investment. It's a step along the path of the investment for the future in terms of raising more capital, making acquisitions, growing offshore, if that's the aspiration. Enlisted company valuations can be very good, very full. Look what we're seeing at the moment. There's been some surprising valuations out there, so it can really reward on the upside. Being listed is a value-added and long-term strategy for the company. It doesn't have to be seen as either I sell the business or I list on the NZX. It can be listing on the NZX, it can be a long-term strategy if shareholders want to stay there for the longer term and, and open up the opportunity for others to participate. It's not one or the other. Just come and explore the opportunity and have a conversation.
1: And so how's the market looking right now for an IPO?
2: It's quite interesting because at one level, there's been several billion dollars raised in the last few months. So you're seeing there is institution and retail appetite on the balancing side of the equation is that you've got a market that's quite volatile. So we've got two balancing factors, lots of demand. So yes, the market is there from the investor side. We just need to balance the timing. Today, you would say is probably too volatile, but hopefully that smooths out over the next few months. So IPO windows can open and close quite quickly. So we'll see where we go from here.
0: I would agree with what Ross just said then and retaining that flexibility in your IPO process. And we see this all the time. Companies just get ready to go and then they wait for the right moment when the market is quite stable and you feel like you'll get a good value for your company and a good outcome. And just being prepared to ride the wave of that. The other thing I'd add is that there's probably the most investor demand that we've ever seen at the moment. We've had almost $6 billion of capital raising come through the exchange just since the COVID pandemic started. Those deals are all being reported as being oversubscribed, which means there was more investor demand than what shares were available. And a lot of people are looking for assets that will deliver them a return. So people are looking for new investment opportunities, which is exciting.
1: Right, so there we have it. Some insights into the very real benefits of listing on the NZX, including access to multiple rounds of capital, liquidity, and a real boost in the company's profile and visibility. Even in what has been tough times around the world, the NZX is still going strong with 21 successful capital raises of around $6 billion. So companies with a market valuation of 10 million plus should really consider this option. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Ross. Really appreciate your time today. Thank
2: Thank you, Dylan.
0: That was your investment fix from NZTE. For a bigger financial fix, head to investnewzealand.nz.